if you're listening to this, you're listening to a extra bonus mini-sode. Hey guys, what's up? Big Drewski here. You're listening to the Little Tangerine Show, one of the fastest growing Tennessee Vols podcasts in all the land. I do have to say though, keep in mind, this podcast is not affiliated with the university. I'm just an unhinged fanatic. Just a guy talking to another guy about sports. But we are growing faster and faster. Our numbers are doing better and better. That's all because you guys are freaking awesome. We hit millions of views last, you know, last year. Already on pace to smash that. I always told my wife that I was awesome and she should be thankful. But now you guys have validated that and I appreciate it so much. If you haven't already, check out the new website, bigdrewski.com. It's got links to all my socials. It's got links to a little bit of everything on there. If you're into sports collecting, I'm actually slowly selling off a lot of my sports stuff to make room for more ball stuff. But, you know, along the way, if I, you know, if I stumble on a Chris Olave rookie card or something, that thing's going on eBay today, right? Because Ohio State's overrated. But if you want to leave a voicemail, you want to send us an email, cuss us out, ask a question, give us an attaboy. That's that's all acceptable. www.bigdrewski.com slash contact. Also check out the freebies tab. Bigdrewski.com slash freebies. F-R-E-E-B-I-E-S. Links to all kinds of promotionals where you can get free stuff. Anytime something comes my way, I put it on there. Like right now, you can sign up for Klarna and get $10 off your first purchase. Klarna is kind of sort of like having a credit card without having a credit card. It's kind of nice. You ain't got to deal with all that credit mumbo jumbo. Doesn't affect your credit score. Unless, of course, you miss a payment. But what they do is they will front you the money to make the purchase on a major retailing site like Walmart, Target, Bass Pro, eBay. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of major retailers on there amazon you name it it's probably on there what they'll do they'll front you the money for the purchase then you pay them back in four payments spread over eight weeks so if you spend a hundred dollars they will give you the hundred dollars you pay 25 up front you wait a week you pay them 25 dollars you wait a week and so on and so forth four payments over eight weeks payments come every other week it's awesome if you're in a bind. It's been clutch for me. I'm telling you, it has changed my life. Not really, but I mean, it's definitely not hurt my life at all. Also, check out the Depot Print House. One of my favorite. Actually, no, I take that back. They are my favorite screen printing and print shop. They've got all kinds of game day gear. They can also give you customized drawings for your merch. That's what makes them truly unique. You get designs there that you can't get nowhere else because they're hand-drawn. Check them out over at West Emory Road in Powell. Um, Find them on Facebook and Instagram. They have just great stuff. They can uh, handle all of your merch needs. If you need stickers, T-shirts, you you name it. Uh, They sent me a promotional package quality stuff i wear the shirt that i got all the time the stickers went straight on to my cooler that i take with me every day the colors have not faded they look fantastic perfect way to support your favorite team based out of knoxville there baby that's orange and white but if you need little league stuff done whatever family get-togethers family reunions church stuff whatever it is you name it they can handle it and you can say that you supported a phenomenal local business that never hurts so all that stuff out of the way hey guys what is up big grooski here you're listening to the little tangerine show welcome welcome first off i want to say um thank you to the new listeners i so i don't check my numbers during the week uh, as much I'll glance at them from time to time. Um, usually what I'll do is, uh, you know, I'll kind of just glance before each episode, so to speak. Um, 
And, uh, you know, it's always nice and refreshing when you see that there's a few more plays out there and stuff. So I want to say thank you guys for that. Um, the last full episode that we did, um, has been the biggest episode we've done so far. Um, I want to say thank you to all the people that was on the lives, um, that was listening in and, and commenting. You guys were, you know, freaking awesome. Uh, you know, back when we were in football season, it, we had it popping every Saturday night and, um, you know, I've, I've, I've missed, missed you guys, man. Like, you know, um, as Casper and T Fitty will tell you, uh, you know, which if you don't know who T Fitty is, go back to episode, I think it was episode two, four. Wow. It seems like forever ago now. Um, go back to episode two, four and uh, T Fitty was on there. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, like, like, like those guys will tell you, um, you know, it made me sad because, you know, I had all these people I was talking to every weekend and hanging out with and whatever. And all of a sudden everybody just kind of disappeared. And, uh, you know, at first I was like, you know, you know, is it me? Is it something I did? What did I do? No, not really. It wasn't quite that bad, but I was kind of like, hmm, you know, um, and then I, I'm slowly starting to realize that a lot of you guys just, you know, kind of quit. Um, quit watching during football or, you know, or we're just gearing up for football season. So <clears throat> it was awesome to see some of you guys trickling back in. That makes me feel elated because I'm like, <clears throat> you know, um, you know, I love talking football. I love my Tennessee balls, no matter what. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here for the long haul with my balls, baby, you know? Um, but it just, it's, it's always good when you see a bunch of people trickling in that are excited about, you know, Tennessee sports and Tennessee football and, you know, just that nervous energy, you know, coming into a football game, like a nervous, excited anxiety that uh, I've not felt in a long time. And it's just awesome. By the way, uh, I guess I'm going to have to do a new intro. Um, by the way, if you have not already, check out the new website. It's very, very simple, but it gets the job done, baby. Um, www.bigdrewski.com. You got links to my link tree on there. If you're interested in you know, like sports collectibles, I'm slowly selling off my, my card collection so I can make more room for Vol stuff. I've got a signed football by William the Fridge Perry on there that I got from a storage unit from a athlete down in Atlanta, Georgia. <clears throat> and that was a crazy story, but I, you know, basically bought a storage unit from an athlete down in Atlanta, uh, semi-pro athlete. But uh, I guess he—I don't know if he got released or forgot, you know, got traded and forgot about it or what. But um, there's several things in that uh, locker that had certificates of authentic authentication and there's some that didn't but um, the uh, some of the cooler things that was in there I got like a entire just massively framed Al Horford jersey that's signed which is pretty cool I don't know if it was game worn or anything but it's just I mean at just a massively signed I mean like full-on like it's framed, but it's like incredibly framed. Like it, I, I don't know what the thing's worth. I do like Al Horford. The problem is selling that's more of a selling it in person kind of thing. And, uh, that's going to be kind of hard to do. Um, but yeah, so, but got a, you know, Al Horford Hawks Jersey that's signed some Dwight Howard, allegedly game worn autograph shoes. Uh, if there wasn't game worn, they're bare minimum team issued. And I'm, I'm telling you, these things are like his shoes are bigger than my head, which is terrifying um, that there's human beings walking around that big. And I think he's only like six eleven too, which is shocking. I, I can't imagine if I like, you know, bumped into like Yao Ming or something, but um, yeah, got some collectibles out there that you guys can, you know, purchase and whatever. If you're into that sort of thing, we got, you know, links. Eventually, I'll, eventually every episode that I have ever done, and that list is growing, but uh, I'm going to have a blog post for on there 
so that you guys can go in there and basically search for whatever it is that you're interested in and that episode will pop up it's just it's that's going to take some some time i may even hire like a you know administrative assistant or something to come through all that stuff but uh but yeah all kinds of stuff on there if you want to call in and leave a voicemail for the podcast or if you want to send a scathing email about why i suck or you know if you have a if you want to send a tip in or you know ask a question whatever if you want to sign up uh, to be on the subscription list uh, the free subscription list where you know occasionally if if something big happens if i'm going to have a super special guest on or whatever uh, i'll be able to send you stuff and it doesn't cost anything that's what's nice about that because to be honest with you Facebook and TikTok and all these people, they're trying to push subscriptions, and I just feel weird about charging people, you know, 99 cents a month or whatever to watch content that you can essentially get for free. Um, just makes me feel weird. So, all kinds of fun stuff. Now, all that stuff out of the way, uh, and, and by the way, guys, feel free, please, call me and leave me a voicemail. Send me an email. If you hadn't already, click like and subscribe. There's actually an alarming number of you guys that listen to this regularly and haven't subscribed. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you're afraid of commitment. You know. You, you know. You don't want to get in a long-term, you know, gig here. I'm not sure what's going on there. But like literally, um, Casper's not going to show up at your doorstep with a gift basket or nothing crazy. Like I mean, if you if you subscribe to the podcast, then you just get like a notification whenever this goes out. Um, this will probably eventually be on YouTube and some other places as well. So if you're watching this on YouTube, click that notification bell so you can get notified. That helps me more than you guys will ever know. And I greatly appreciate it. Now, all that stuff aside, baby, the Tennessee Vols, the Tennessee Basketballs, baby. Upset the number one Alabama Crimson Tide last night in Knoxville. I'm telling you right now, I don't care if it's, you know, basketball, baseball, badminton, uh, you know, competitive seesawing. I don't know. Whatever it is. If we get a dub over Bama, it's a good day, first off. So, you know, a lot of a lot of Bama fans are like, you know, yeah, it just makes y'all's day and your week and your year when you beat us. And I'm kind of like, yeah, you know what? You're damn right. Because you've been running that mouth for how long now? Just completely unfiltered. 15 years now. Maybe we get another lick in. Maybe we don't. But you want to know what? I, I don't care. In this moment right now, I don't care. Anytime we beat Bama, it's a good day. Um, when they're ranked number one and we can come in and spoil their party, that's even better. Uh, Bama last year, even. we I mean, we basically ruined their season, kind of. I mean, like, they can say what they want. Yeah, they ended up ranked higher, but that was just because of, like, pity and and you know tennessee always gets hate anyways and hendon hooker got hurt and whatever um if that's if that's their consolation prize and so be it um i've covered that in great depth on this podcast but um you know anytime you beat bama it's good anytime you upset bama it's better if you can ruin their season that that is that is the sweetness that my tea needed uh without adding any sugar you know what I'm saying? So, but balls upset them in Knoxville, 68 to 59. Um, you know, and that was, it's a big win coming off of two unranked SEC losses um, that we lost on buzzer beaters. Lost to Vandy on a broken defensive play. And I mean, literally, we were milliseconds from winning that game. Same thing on Mizzou. Just broken down defensive play. We let the dude just, you know, jog on down the, the court and sling up a running half-court shot, essentially uncontested. 
and you know they they won the game and beat us. Um, you know, it's just literally lost the game on two. Now, granted, we shouldn't have been in those situations, but to lose two heartbreaking buzzer beaters to teams you should have beat is hard. So coming back and smacking the number one team in the nation is even better. Um, getting into some statisticals. Some statisticals? I told Casper on the last full podcast. By the way, this is a, well, I'm considering a mini-sode or a bonus episode, whatever you want to call it. Um, I am now and forever, I'm calling my podcast episodes, the ones that we do on Saturday that are videos, those are the official episodes, okay? Uh, This is a bonus episode, mini-sode. I haven't figured out what I'm going to call it. Weekly hot takes, hot take Tuesday, or I, you know, I don't know. Uh, hot take Tuesday and Thursday, maybe, because it seems like I always do these on Tuesday or Thursday now. Um, these are just, ep- you know, extra things that I'm doing because I freaking love you guys, and there's just so much stuff to get into one episode. Um, not to mention, you know, when, when I do these and Casper and T Fitty's not on, I can get a word in edgewise, even though that's partly on me because I do control the mute button. But anyways, just kidding. Um, some statisticals, testicles, testicles, field goals, Tennessee. We went 22 of 63 for 36.5% from the floor. Bama was right there behind us, 354 Three pointers. We shot twenty six uh, percent from the three uh, three pointer, which it which on paper is like, hey, that's not bad. But Bama actually uh, shot thirty seven point five percent. They were knocking them down pretty good. Um, from the free throw line, we got there pretty well. Okay, um, we we shot a total of twenty five free throws for sixty four percent. Not great, Bama. Got to the free throw line 20 times, so they got to the line five less times than we did and shot 80%. However, um, one thing you guys need to know about that that stat, um, me, Casper, and T. Fitty, or well, I know me and T. Fitty watched the game. I don't know if Casper did. He wasn't texting much. I, I think he was watching cars go in circles last night, I'm pretty sure, um, judging by his Twitter, um, which, by the way, me and Casper are buddies, but our Twitter feuds are pretty comical. Um, we really, if you listen to the podcast, you'll understand all the inside jokes and the Easter eggs that we sling at each other. If you were listening to the episode Saturday and you understand, uh, if you actually, no, I'm sorry. If you were on the live Saturday, you heard a story about his dog that was not released on the podcast. That was just absolutely hilarious. I'm not going to get into that. Well, it's not hilarious, I guess, but it's, uh, you know. It is, um, later down the road, it will be very funny. Right now, it's not. Let me put it that way. Um, there's an $8,000 with the, uh, issue with that dog that led Casper to drinking pretty heavily. That, that's basically the gist of the story. I'm not going to give you all the juicy deets. If he wants to talk about it on the lives, he can. But anyway, so he, he said something to me about basically like, you know, um, I don't even remember what it was. He he clapped back at something. I said something. I don't remember if I was talking about Plotchich or what, but I said something about the balls, and he just went on there and was like, overrated. And I was like, hey, don't you come at me sideways now that you watch three and a half games because it was like halftime. Uh, and I joke about the three. I'm pretty sure that was like the second or third game he's watched this year. Um by the way, I'm saying all this stuff. I know he's listening, just for the record. So, don't y'all, you know, start coming at me sideways on the interwebs, because I know he's listening. That's why I'm saying all this, because he can't, he can't respond, which I think is freaking hilarious. But, anyways, he said, "So I was like, hey, don't you come back at me now that you watch three and a half games and you think you know something about something?" And he's like, "I'll do whatever I want." And I was like, "I'd call you a dirty dog, but..." You know, to you, that'd be an $8,000 compliment. And as of right now, recording this, I've probably got a response. But if you're not following me and him on Twitter, you're really missing out because we just absolutely just, I mean, you know, 
for those of you who don't know, this podcast jointly originated from what we call the conference call. And uh, it used to be a lot bigger. We had about six people or so, I guess, on there at one point. No, it's probably like, I guess it's technically like four or five, but we had like four or five people on there every single day. And it's dwindled down to me, T. Fitty, and Casper. But, uh, you know, but uh, this podcast has originated from that conference call. Um, and a lot of the, the inside jokes and stuff that we have are from that conference call. Uh, this podcast, anytime we're on, is an extension from the conference call because we literally talk on the phone all day long. Um, you know, the 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 friendship and camaraderie that you see on on screen or listen to that's that's birthed out of the bosom of friendship. <laughs> um, you know, so. But on Twitter, you know, we just, uh, oh, well, that, that was what I started to say was we once had a, a former conference call member, which he's out there somewhere. He'll stumble on this eventually, which I think is kind of funny. Um, you know, no, Neyland Stadium. It's never been more or less than 102. <laughs> Woo. Oh, that's a Easter egg right there and a half. Y'all don't even y'all don't understand the three foot nugget that that Easter egg is. There's so many inside jokes that y'all don't understand the uh, background on. You'll you'll figure them out the more you listen to the podcast. But uh, but yeah. So, but a former you know conference call member basically was like you know, uh use the analogy that we're just, you know, a bunch of monkeys in cages adjacent to each other slinging poo. And that's, that's kind of what, that sums it up pretty well, actually. When you watch us go back and forth, it's just monkeys flinging poo. But, um, but yeah, me, me and, me and Casper on the old Twitters there, it's, it's pretty comical. If you guys aren't following me and or him, um, it's probably better you guys follow him. He needs a couple more followers anyways, but, um, you know, just, I mean, absolutely, like, we get on there, and it's it's all just us joking around because, like, you know, we know that the random people on the internet are going to think we're being serious, so we just get on there and we're just stupid, just slinging poo back and forth at each other, but it's pretty awesome. Also, if you're a race fan, just shameless plug for my buddy there, check out the Caution Flag Contemplations podcast. Um, that is also the name of his Twitter. Okay, back to the statisticals. Balls. Total rebounds, 39. Bama had 43, so they out-rebounded us a little bit. We had more offensive rebounds, 13 to 8. Assists, we had more, 16 to 11. Blocks, they had four, we had three. Steals, we had 11, baby. They had three. Now, this right here is your key stat. When you guys are looking at the papers and you're watching, you know, Vols fans drive down the road in Jeeps with their bellies hanging out, um, you know, twisting their nipples with, like, Vols flags flapping in the wind and stuff today. Um, the key stat, when you're thinking to yourself, how in the world did we upset Bama? They were first. The only stat that you need to know. I know Casper's big on field goal percentage. There's one stat you need to know. Okay. The Vols, we had eight turnovers. Bama had 19. Not only did they have double, but 19 turnovers in a basketball game is pretty high, dude. Um, I mean, we, we just, we were clogging the passing lanes like crazy. Um, we put that Waffle House sticky menu D on them. Um, we were just, we were just absolutely disruptive. And the other thing too, um, I know Casper, when he does his notes, he, he likes to practice his vocabulary and he always picks like a word to sort of sum it all up. Uh, his, his word the other day in the loss to, I, I'm trying to block it out of my memory, but I think it's the loss to Mizzou was, aggression okay now if you've been listening to the podcast 
Now, you know, there's a couple trolls out there that think I just make this stuff up. Okay, but um, if you've been listening to the podcast or the lives, you know, because I've made it very clear. I want to see us being aggressive, driving the ball to the hoop, and dishing it down low to the bigs. Just feed them. A do. Plotchich! Even Kamwa, Awaka, just feed them big burlies up under the rim, the ball. Because when we do, stuff happens. Okay, now part of the reason our free throw percentage was so low, I, I kind of alluded to that earlier, I want to touch on it. Part of the reason our free throw percentage was, was so low is because our bigs were getting to the lines. Plachich got to the lines a few times. Uh, I think Kamwa and Awaka didn't. Uh, well, no, I think Kamwa went once or twice, but Plotchich went to the line a decent amount. Uh, I can look that up here in a minute. Um, but, you know, whenever Plotchich gets the ball, I mean, he was getting double teamed a few a few times last night. I, and I, I texted, me and T. Fiddy were texting. Seth was in the message, but like I said, he's watching Cars Girl in Circles, so he didn't really, he didn't really say anything until the end of the game. But, uh, you know, me and T. Fiddy were kind of texting back and forth or whatever, and I, I basically was like, Plotchich is an absolute dog, son. He's down there just putting in work, grinding. Something like that. I don't remember what I said exactly. But, um, you know, but he just draws so much attention. And when he's out on the floor, dude, I mean, the intensity level goes up. Like I said, I love watching him. I've said before, and I'll say it again, I think Plotchich is Andrew Bogut 2.0. I think, you know, he's going to probably play pretty long in the NBA because he's, he's athletic enough to keep up with, you know, the how, you know, athletic the league has gotten and how they're, you know, it's a three-point shooting league now anyways. But <clears throat> he's athletic enough. But, you know, I think there always will be a place in the NBA for a good quality Big man, like I mean, uh, he's like seven foot one, seven foot wingspan. I mean, there's always going to be a place for a big man in the NBA that can play physical defense. I truly believe that. Even if you know the league goes to where you have six foot seven and six foot eight centers that are just super athletic, you will always have a because a guy like that can absolutely just back people down with no problem. Uh, but he was getting double teamed and all kinds of stuff. We were hitting the dish out. Um, I, one play specifically, I think it was to Ziggler, but, you know, they dished it down there to Plotchich. He got the ball. He's, you know, down there choke slamming people and doing what he does and, you know, whatever. <clears throat> um, by the way, I would love to know what y'all thought about uh, whenever he, like, you know, basically, like, well, I guess you could say it's accidentally, but he slapped that Bama player in the face and then reached down to pick him up, and the Bama player's like, nah, bro, like, you just need to leave me alone. You know, whatever. I don't know what he said, but he's like, nah, dude. And so, Plotch is like, okay, fine, whatever. Turned around walked away, and then they were bumping him. Like, you know, the other players just cannot, you know, the players on the other teams cannot stand Plotchich, man, because he's just an absolute nuisance. Like, if he, if he's not just overpowering you, he's sitting there jawing with you, and I mean, it's just, it's it's amazing to watch, and it's so old school, and I love every second of it. I, I'm gushing, so I need to stop it, but, um, you know, my main thing is be aggressive, drive the ball, get to the line, feed the bigs, because, okay, here's the thing. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, okay, what do they all have in common? They're all good quarterbacks, but they you have to have a running game in order to throw the ball. If all you do is sit back and throw – Eventually, it's not going to work. You have to have a running game. You have to be able to, um, you know, you have to be able to combat that, right? Um, when you're dishing it down low, you're driving, you're drawing fouls, all that stuff, which, by the way, Vescovi finally, he got in the rhythm later, but Vescovi's been off from the free throw line. I don't know what that's about. 
I don't know if he trimmed his nails or, you know, or what, what exactly happened there, but um, he's been struggling a little bit from the free throw line. He started hitting his groove there towards the end. Um, but when you start dishing the ball down low, when you're aggressive, when you're driving the ball, when you're hitting fast break points, what that does is that draws all the defenders towards the rim and it opens you up for the kick out. And I think that, you know, and me and me and old Casper, we talked about it on the last podcast there, but, um, you know, when you can do that and you can set up the kick out, I think that Zakai Ziegler and Vascovi both are absolutely lights out when it comes to catch and shoot situations. They're, they're pretty decent at, you know, at least this past game at, at creating shots. I mean, Zakai was hitting step back. I think he hit a step back three at one point. Um, Vescovi's pretty good at, you know, at uh, if he gets a little bit of wiggle room, you know, most of the time he can hit it. Um, but if we can get our guards in catch and shoot situations, Key included, which Key had an off night. We'll get into that here in a minute, but Key had a little bit of an off night. Um, but if we can get our guards in catch and shoot situations, uh, they are lights out. And not only that, but, you know, this past game, I don't know if they've run some specific drills or something, but they were actually doing a really good job at creating shots and getting separation. I mean, we were hitting, you know, step backs. You know, it looked like we ran a few little design plays and stuff. I mean, they were actually creating their own shots for arguably the first time this season that I've seen. I mean, it's debatable, but I think a lot of that was the difference. But what I want to see is aggression, driving to the hoop, getting to the free throw line, dishing it down low, because not only do I feel like that's a game that we can win with Zakai being just lightning fast and, you know, and us having the bigs that we do. Adu is an underappreciated center. Um, He's a little bit thinner, a little taller, you know, arguably more lanky than Plotchich, but he's got a pretty good jump shot. He can hit the three when he's open. Um, he's pretty good to decent from mid-range, phenomenal on um, tip-in situations. Um, but, you know, he's he's under underutilized as well. But when we go down low and we keep working the paint, okay, that opens up our guards to where they don't have to try to carry the load as much because we get in these situations where our guards can't get the ball to the bigs and they can't move the ball around because like they're double and, you know, doubling Vescovi and just, they got the clamps on our guards. That's where we shut down real quick. And so my thing is feed the post, stay aggressive, get to the line. We were running the fast break for once. I don't know why, you know, we haven't, I'm a big fan of fast break because, especially with our team, because Vescovi and Plotchich both, uh, and even Ziegler, embrace the chaos, dude. They embrace the chaos. Like it is unreal how the more chaotic it gets, the better they get, man. Like I'm telling you, it's they absolutely just live off of that, and it is fun and amazing to watch. But when we stay aggressive. Yeah, I think we're known for having a sticky defense and a top-ranked defense and all that. But I think what we need to be known for is just being the most aggressive team on the floor every single night, offense and defense. Because when we are, we're lights out. And, you know, we see that, you know, playing teams like Bama. Everybody knows we're going to be sticky on defense. But if they've got to not only get smacked in the mouth when they've got the ball and they're trying to score, but then turn right around and like, God, these guys are unreal, man. You know, they're just absolute dogs on both sides of the floor. I think that's how we're going to set this up to where it's, it's, you know, successful. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so. All right. Now let's get into some individual statisticals. Um, for the Vols, because nobody cares about the roll, you know, the Crimson Tide. You know, Alabama named their team the Crimson Tide because Tuscaloosa smells like doo-doo. Any of y'all have ever been there, just 
it smells like just it literally smells like elephant doo-doo so that's uh that right there is i think why they called themselves crimson tide adu 12 points 11 boards he had a double double awaka nine points four boards um ziggler 15 points eight assists he was two assists away from double double uh, Vescovy, 15 points, eight rebounds. That's impressive. A shooting guard almost had a double-double, and the second stat would have been rebounds. Um, Mayshack, you know, Mayshack's one of them guys, I'm just going to tell you, when you look at his stat line, it doesn't look that impressive, but when he's on the floor, things happen, guys. His intensity, his defense, what he brings to the table – I, I think is vastly underrated. Um, he doesn't bring as much offensively, or at least he hasn't so far. But, you know, he kind of reminds me of a, um, like, maybe like a, Tayshawn Prince actually had a pretty good jump shot. Um some Tayshawn Prince may not be the best example. I'm trying to think of somebody... You know, Ron Artest was pretty good on the offensive side as well, but he's just one of them guys that's sort of like, you know, he sort of prides himself on defense a little bit, and he doesn't worry so much about putting points on the board. You know, he doesn't worry so much about putting points on the board. Um, If I was going to compare him to somebody, you know, he kind of reminds me of like, you know, now Tayshaun Prince had a pretty good jump shot, but he reminds me of like, Tayshawn Prince, uh, maybe like Damari Carroll, or, you know, maybe even somebody like a Dennis Rodman who, you know, T- Dennis Rodman, he wasn't focused on getting points. He was focused on getting boards and, you know, just being playing insane levels of defense and all that stuff. You know, he just, that's kind of what he brought to the table. He didn't bring, you know, an offensive onslaught or anything by any means. Um, but what, like I said, what Meshack brings to the table, I think is, is way, you know, way more valuable than if you look at a stat line, but he played 27 minutes. He had three rebounds, two assists. Um, you know, one stat line that Google doesn't really show me is blocks. Um, I'm not a big fan of Google's stat line. I mean, it's easier and clear to read, which is awesome for me because I'm on the go. But uh, I'd be interested to see where the blocks and stuff came from. But, um, but yeah, um, Key had a little bit of an off night. He played 27 minutes, but he only you know grabbed two boards, had two assists and five points. Um, we're kind of used to you know him stepping up a little bit and, um, you know, um, we're used to seeing a little bit more points from him, 12 to 15-ish points, a few assists, whatever. He was struggling a little bit. It was noticeable. Plotchich, 10 points, four rebounds, two assists. Um, he only played 13 minutes, but, you know, he brought a huge impact to the game last night. I mean, you know, when he was down there, you know, he kept – you know, his points actually probably would have went up if he shot a little bit better from the free throw line. But he's just a guy that, like I said, wreaks havoc draws fouls and, and all that. But, um, you know, he only played 13 minutes, but still managed to get 10 points, four rebounds, two assists. Like I said, he was getting to the, the free throw line. Once I run down through here, um, I may switch over to, like, ESPN or something so I can get a little bit more expanded stats. And then Awaka played 12 minutes. Um, he had one rebound, two points. Again, you know, he's kind of a lot like Mayshack. Um, you know, and, and if you listen to the podcast, the last full episode with me and Casper, I kind of referred to him and Mayshack as like the Splash Brothers a little bit, uh, which if you guys ever watched, you know, if you're a 90s kid like me and you used to watch Mighty Ducks, D2, the Mighty Ducks, when um, they merge with that other team to go, you know, uh, compete in the Olympics or whatever, um, you know, that that team... Uh, they merged those two dudes together, and they ended up being the Splash Brothers. I don't remember what their names was, but uh, but yeah, uh, that's kind of what they remind me of. Because you know, when they get on the floor, man, they just come in and just you know, they just wreak havoc. You know, 
Um, and um, it's it's fun to watch. But, you know, this team, as a Vols fan, it can be a little frustrating. Um, and I've been watching, you know, like I said, I, I've kind of made it a point this year to be um, a little bit more – um, and again, this is nothing new, but you know, to those of you who have listened to the podcast for a while, um, you guys know that, um, you know, I, this is the first year long time that I've had the opportunity to have every weekend off and, you know, not have to work more than, you know, 60, 65 hours every week. And so I've made it a point to be able to keep up with, with all sports a lot more than I usually have. Um, I mean, I'm just, a, you know, I'm a sports fanatic anyways, even like, you know, I'm kind of a passive NASCAR fan now. Um, Casper obviously is more the NASCAR like whack off than me, but, um, you know, I'm a huge major league fi- fishing fan as well. They've got a tournament going on right now in Florida that, uh, if I wasn't driving all day, I actually, there's a good chance I'd be sitting around watching it. Um, but I love Major League Fishing. I love, you know, Bass Pro. I love football, baseball, basketball. Trying to get back into, you know, like I said, NASCAR a little bit. Um, you know, but I just, I like sports, man. Uh, you know, th- there's just magical things that happen within sports. And, you know, sports is a common denominator, man. It doesn't matter where you came from. doesn't matter what your socioeconomic level is. doesn't matter you know, your political agendas or whatever, man, when you're playing on the same team, the only goal is to win the game. And it's just, uh, you know, there's just nothing like it. But, um, you know, I watched some of the earlier games this year. And at the time, I was like, ah, maybe they just haven't found an identity yet. Maybe, you know, whatever. Still waiting on somebody to step up. Josiah Jordan James got hurt. And it's like, you know, what, you know, they don't have an identity yet. That's kind of what I thought. And now they've con- they've been consistent um on the offensive floor of being inconsistent and it's kind of like man if we could just get it together you know kind of um but you know looking back on it now you know i think that again you know this team we need to hang our hat on just being aggressive both ends of the floor just absolute like a pack of wild dogs man um but last night, you know, and me and Casper talked about it on the last podcast, okay? Um, you know, the thing with it is, is that, I, you know, I know that we play championship defense. There's no doubt about that. But the issue is, where's the offense going to come from? And I think Key has kind of stepped up. Um, the bigs down low have stepped up. Like I said earlier, Adu's actually got a pretty good shot. Um, he's pretty good around the rim as far as like tip ins and, and rebounds and stuff like that. Uh, you know, obviously like y'all know my, my opinion on Plotchich. I think he's the next Andrew Bogut. Like, I think that we do some things really well. I just think that, you know, again, our guards getting in catch and shoot situations. If we can get to where we can create shots, Zakai Ziegler plays the same exact way every single game. Okay. He plays the same way every game. It's just a matter of either the shots are either going to go in or they're not. He he's actually you know he reminded me last night of 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 the Zakai Ziegler that I remember playing last year. And to be honest with you, up to this point, I've kind of thought, man, like I I don't know, dude. There you know, there's a little disconnect or something. I, I don't know, but you know, he penetrates. Everything he does is essentially the same. It's just the layups are either going to go in or they're not. The shots are either going to fall or they're not. And that is that is kind of what I like about it. It's just on the flip side of that, it could lead to a little bit of inconsistency. But I think that our guards are good. They just, when they have to try to carry the game, I think that's where we struggle. But creating separation, creating shots, you know, hitting, you know, if we can get our guards again in catch-and-shoot situations, they're lights out. I think if we feed the post, our bigs eventually will grind the other team down to a nub, okay? Um, there's things that we do well. Perimeter defense. We're actually pretty good on transition. You know, uh, 
fast break points. We showed that last night. Um, I think I, I would love to see us attack more. And, I, you know, I've been saying that I'd like to see a little bit more isolation shot creating. Um, you know, Zakai was doing pretty well with that last night. Um, you know, Visco, uh, Viscovi, I think he, uh, sorry, Vescovi, uh, I think he, uh, my brain's running a mile a minute. I try to pride myself on pronouncing names correctly. Um, but Vescovi, he did better, um, you know, last night. I, honestly, I think he's just getting back from the shoulder injury. Like, I think that's kind of what's been up with him. I think that shoulder or elbow injury, whatever it was, I think it was a shoulder injury. I think it was just nagging on him a little bit, and he's finally sort of getting on the other side of that. But, um, but you know, perimeter defense, interior defense, obviously our defense is like number one in the nation. Uh, catch and shoot situations with our guards and and our you know even our small forwards um, hitting you know hitting the open shot and all that uh, feeding the ball down low all that stuff we do a lot of stuff well I just think we have to do all of it well in order to win we don't have you know exactly one thing that that we're good at you know we're not you know we're not excellent at penetrating the lane. We're not excellent at scoring with our back to the basket. We're not excellent. I mean, I guess we are pretty good from behind the three-point line, but the thing is, is you can kind of live or die by the three-point line. If you got Steph Curry on there and, and you know, Clay Thompson and guys like that, Kevin Durant, yeah, just throw them up all, all game long. You, I mean, you got three superstars. It's going to happen. But I think – we're just one of those teams where we're going to pride ourselves on defense. We're going to be a brick wall. You're going to have to try to score on us. But I think on the flip side of that, we have to sort of kind of do a little bit of everything to, to win the ball game. And tonight or last night, we did a little bit of everything. So um, hopefully you guys have got something in this rambling, incoherent response to the balls game that I watched. By the way, I do have to say it. Um, for those of you who are still hanging around, I meant to say this earlier and I forgot. I'm just going to go ahead and let it be known, okay? Um, I thought my balls could win, okay? I, I did think Bama was going to come out and, and just absolutely kick us in the mouth. Uh, I felt like they were going to be disrespected that they were first, and, and we were favored by two and a half points on the, the betting odds and all that. I, I genuinely thought that they were going to come out and just absolutely just whack us in the teeth, um, you know, and so now I knew that we were probably going to hit the under. The under was at 145 and a half points last night, combined team totals. I knew we were going to hit the under because I knew it was going to be a scrappy defensive type game. However, I do have to throw it out there, okay? I did bet Alabama on the spread, okay? The spread was like two and a half points, three points, something like that. Um, now for those of you who know anything about betting, okay. Uh, you have the spread and you have money line money line is, you know, you're just outright betting that the team, the other, you know, whatever team is going to win. I definitely thought we could win. I just thought it was going to be another like one point win or loss or whatever. I thought it was going to be clo a little bit closer than it was. Uh, do want to throw that out there? Full disclosure. I did bet Bama on the spread. Um, but, and I told T Fitty and I told uh, Casper that I said I I'll be honest with you I don't know how confident I feel I feel like we can win it but I think it's gonna be tough and scrappy and whatever, um, but yeah but I was like I knew it was gonna be a close game I didn't know exactly how close which I mean obviously I think uh, I don't have the score in front of me anymore but I think we won by like ten points or something, uh, but. But, yeah, just full disclosure, I'm trying to be honest with you guys. I did bet Bama on the spread because I thought, I was like, okay, I think we can win, but I, I don't know that we're going to win by any more than three points. So, um, just full disclosure, love you guys. You know, I want to wanna try to just put it all out there and just be honest with you guys. But, um, like I told T. Feeding and Casper, I said, I, I mean, I hope we're wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I lose money on this one. Like, I hope we just blow them out and, you know, like, it, 
obviously that's never going to be a situation where I'm like, you know, going to be upset. Like that's, that's money I will gladly lose. And as a matter of fact, I think I did like a five leg parlay last night. I picked two other upsets uh, or spreads. Like there's one spread. I don't remember what it was, but it's like plus 16 and a half, which means that you add 16 and a half points to the total. I was like, oh yeah, we're taking that. But I took that and a few others. I think I had like a five or six leg parlay, and the Vols game was the only one that I technically got wrong because I took the BAM on the spread. Now, again, did not take them win outright. I couldn't bring myself to do that. I, I never can bring myself to do that. But when you're betting on the spread, it's either plus or minus, so you either add or take away the points to that. So, again, if BAM is plus three, uh, and that doesn't mean that you think Bama's going to win. It just means that you think Bama's going to keep it to within three, which I did. I thought uh, we're going to have another, you know, game-winning buzzer beater type, you know, one one or two-point game. That's what I thought. But thankfully, I was I was sadly mistaken. Like I said, that that one bet blew my parlay. Probably for good measure. Uh, that's what I get for even remotely doubting uh, Rick Barnes. But uh, I'm glad to see our Vols come out, play good. This is looking real good for tournament time. I do also have a bet in that they can win the Natty, by the way. Um, that's a bet that's going to pay out pretty nice. So we'll see what happens. But uh, this is all I got today, guys. This is a little bit of a longer one, but I hope you guys thoroughly enjoy it. Again, hit up the website, www.bigdrewski.com. Make sure you follow me on social media. I believe if you click, if you go to BigDrewski.com and you click on the Little Tangerine Show picture, I think it pulls up uh, my link tree. But uh, but yeah, if you want to, you know, make sure you follow me on social medias. We're about to be doing some video game streaming and all kinds of stuff, man. I got, I got my new 360 in the mail last night. Turns out I don't have the right cord, though. But that's a problem for another day. But I love you guys. With all of my heart, all of my big orange heart, and uh, you guys are the best, man. Till next time, this is Big Drewski, and I'm out.